It's a big Monday episode of Locked on Canes. Thank you for making us your first Miami Hurricanes listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We will chat today with former Miami Hurricanes player and radio analyst Brian Monroe. We'll get his big takeaways from spring football so far. Plus, where does Miami Hurricanes quarterback Tyler Van Dyke rank among the other projected starting quarterbacks in the ACC? Let's get it. New Miami Hurricanes head coach Mario Cristobal had this to say at the end of the week about his starting quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. Quote, I still think TVD is going to be, if not the best, one of the best in the country. He's everything that you heard. Incredibly intelligent and diligent young man who understands football. Great teammate, a gamer. Now, I know those are things you would expect a head coach to say about his quarterback, but We can talk about all the reasons why. There's no exaggeration. In fact, he may not be giving enough credit to TBD. This episode of Locked on Canes is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes. I am a University of Miami alumnus longtime pre- and post-game show host for the University of Miami Radio Network, and I am a South Florida radio vet. And I'm very happy on this episode to bring in a very special guest. I've done some radio with this gentleman before, and man, he is all over the Miami program. Uh, He and I also crossed paths on campus when we were students there. Brian Monroe joins us, punted at Miami 2003 to 2007. This guy is as well-connected to this day with the program as anyone you will find. Brian, thank you so much for taking some time. How are you doing, sir? All good, brother, man. Everything's good, man. How you been? I'm doing really well. Uh, there's never a dull moment. The, the Canes have spoiled us for the last several months, from hiring Cristobal, bringing in the coaching staff, recruiting never stops. So always a good time to be alive when you're cheered for the Canes. And I want to put the focus, and we're going to talk some spring ball with you as well, but Brian, I want to put a focus on Miami signal caller, Tyler Van Dyke, who collected about as many ACC rookie accolades as you could collect last year during his best six-week stretch of the season. ACC Rookie of the Week, five out of six weeks. Ended up taking home ACC Offensive Rookie of the Year honors and overall ACC Rookie of the Year honors. And TVD's numbers from a year ago, 62.3% completions, 2,931 yards, 25 touchdowns to only six interceptions. Uh, He has been talking about, since he's shown back up on campus for spring ball, He's put on some extra muscle, 6% of extra muscle. He's lost another percentage of body fat. That's the type of transformation you expect to see on someone going from being, you know, a redshirt freshman to a redshirt sophomore. So I'm expecting an even better version of TVD for next year. Let me go through with you, Mr. Monroe. And the ACC and the Coastal lost a couple of prominent quarterbacks from last year with Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell moving on to the NFL. Uh, But here is the list of projected starters at quarterback in the Atlantic Coast Conference, all 14 of them. Uh, Of course, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami, Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, who had an awesome year last year. Brennan Armstrong, really good at Virginia. Devin Leary had another good year. North Carolina State, Malik Cunningham, Louisville, Jordan Travis, Florida State, Phil Yurkovic, Boston College, Keaton Slovis, Pittsburgh. 
DJ Weungalele from Clemson, Drake May, North Carolina, Garrett Schrader from Syracuse, Grant Wells, Virginia Tech, Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech, Riley Leonard at Duke. So you hear those names, Brian. Where do you put Tyler Van Dyke heading into next year in that conversation? Are are there any of these quarterbacks you would definitely take before Tyler Van Dyke, or is there always some hesitation there? Um, I would say there's a little bit of hesitation, but I would definitely probably take Sam Hartman before I would with uh, Van Dyke because he's the seasoned vet. It seems like he's been at Wake Forest for 10 years in the same system, so he probably knows it like the back of his hand. Like you mentioned, he put up big numbers. You know, he threw for over 4,000 yards, 39 touchdowns. Um, going into the year, I would give the nod to Sam Hartman, but it doesn't mean that Tyler cannot pass him by the end of the year because if Tyler keeps going what he did like last year as far as all those 300-yard games and three touchdowns, he could easily be the number one quarterback in the ACC when it's all said and done next year. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, TVD, he's getting some respect from the odds makers. I'm looking at the very, very early Heisman Trophy futures. And Tyler Van Dyke is actually tied for the fourth best odds to win the Heisman Trophy next year. The odds on favorite is CJ Stroud at Ohio State, plus 200. Not a lot of value there. He's heavily favored. Bryce Young at Alabama, plus 400. Caleb Williams, USC, plus 1,200. And then you've got all grouped together. Tyler Van Dyke, plus 3,000. DJ Weongalele from Clemson, plus 3,000. Jackson Dart from Ole Miss, plus 3,000. And then the list goes on from there. So tied for the fourth best odds to win the Heisman. I'm actually interested uh, in the fact that DJ Weongalele is right there in that same grouping. He didn't have a great year last year, nor did Clemson by their standards. So that tells me... The odds makers are expecting Clemson to have a bounce back year and probably take retake control of the Atlantic Coast Conference because obviously for your quarterback to win the Heisman, it's not only about him putting up numbers, it's also about your team putting up big wins. Yeah, you would expect him to take that next step because he definitely didn't look comfortable like he did two years ago when he had that two-game back-to-back. I think it was 350 yards against Notre Dame or something and another 300-yard game. And then all of a sudden he came into this year and it just didn't look like he could pass the ball. But they surround him with so much talent that he has to take the next step because if he doesn't, they have a nice young quarterback coming in from Texas. That's a five-star kid that spun it in the All-American game. And supposedly he's been doing well in the spring practices. So he's going to be pushed. And, you know, when, when you have competition, it's one of two things going to happen. You're going to rise above it or come and take a seat next to us and uh, let the uh, young kid take it. Well, speaking about competition, um, he's the incumbent starter. He's going to be the starter more than likely, but – Miami has a great quarterback room as well. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, he's going to have Jake Garcia breathing down his shoulder. Um, not saying this guy's ready to be a starter yet, but Ja'Curry Brown, he looks the part to me. Like, just going based on prototypical quarterback size, when I saw him walking around campus, I'm like, okay, you have my attention. This guy looks like, you know, a major college football quarterback. So uh, what do you expect the dynamic to be in the Miami quarterback room? Because again, like we're all expecting Tyler Van Dyke to be the starter, but at the same time, when you have a completely new coaching staff in, I'm, I'm sure they're going to give everybody a good look. Yeah, I agree with you with the uh, Ja'Curry Brown. I mean, when I met the kid, I was like, wow, all right. This is like a nice Cam Newton 2.0 and put some weight on him. Um, but, you know, with Coach Cristobal and all the coaches that he has hired, there's going to be one thing they're going to preach, and that's competition. So, yes, we all believe that TVD is going to be the guy. He looks really good so far in spring practice. But Jake Garcia has to compete 
in practice, like he's going to be the starter because this is football. Anything can happen. How many guys did we lose last year for injury? Six guys on offense, I think it was, something like that. Multiple if you don't – multiple quarterbacks, two starting running backs, offensive linemen. Like, we lost a ton of dudes. So the reason why you always have to prepare and practice like you're the starter because you never know when your number is going to be called. I expect it to be TBD, Garcia, and Ja'Curry Brown, one, two, three, when it comes out of this. But I want to see Jay Garcia – act like he's the one, act like he's the starter, and continue to push TBD and say, listen, if you slip up, I'm right here, and I got you. Because when it is his time to be called for Jake Garcia, he'll be so prepared that we're not going to miss a beat. And that's what the great teams do. So for Tyler Van Dyke last year, really outside of the first half of the Florida State game, uh, he exceeded any possible expectation I could have had. Uh, his aggression in putting it downfield. He showed some swagger as well, talking a little trash before a couple of games. I think it was the North Carolina State game where he was doing, it. doing some jawing the week of, which I absolutely loved. And he backed it up on the field. And, and the big thing for me was the cannon of an arm and just the accuracy on his deep passes, right? I mean, we've had some quarterbacks over the years at Miami where – and when you're watching it on TV, there's always that lag where you can see they're throwing deep and then the camera hasn't panned out to who's open and who's not. So when the football leaves the hand, sometimes you're like gasping like, oh, my God, is that could be an interception? Where is this football going? Yet when Tyler Van Dyke was delivering those cannons downfield, I was always like, somebody's got this. Right. <laughs> I'm not even worried about where this ball is going. So. Uh, what what do you like most about his game? And the second part of that, Brian, would be what do you think he needs to improve most or polish about his game? I like his confidence the most, you know, and also his composure. I don't think he gets rattled. You know, when you when you see him in the game, has the same look on his fake face when he makes a mistake, has the same look on his face when he scores a touchdown. Same look. He's even keeled through everything. And that's what you want as a, a quarterback. You want to be poised uh, and be able to, you know, shake it off. Um he can make every throw in the field. He's actually athletic. You know, like people always think like, oh, yeah, big kid, little goofy. He can't run. But then he had that, what, 49-yard uh, run against, I think it was Virginia last year. So he gets you out of situations. Um, he can move. He can make every single throw. Um, I think the thing you have to work on most is what any freshman quarterback now going to be a sophomore is those little mistakes, right? Some of the INTs that he had last year, you know, maybe moving a little bit into the pocket to get away from the defensive end or defensive tackle with the padded ball. Uh, but, you know, for I think his biggest step forward is going to be understanding this new offense and Coach Gaddis understanding him and what he does best. And also, you know, you're going to have new verbiage. Everything's going to be different. Are we going to do more of a pro style? Are we going to do more of a spread? Are they going to do a combination? I think that's going to be the biggest thing because obviously we know Oregon was a little bit more run heavy. Michigan was a little bit more run heavy. But when Coach Gaddis was at Alabama, they had it spread out. I would expect with Cristobal's background is an offensive lineman, Maribel. Um, we're going to run the ball and try to run it down your throats. But I think we need to recruit the big boys up front to, to do that. But with Tyler Van Dyke's arm talent and the receivers that he has, they're going to have to open it up because he's going to for force him to open it up because that's how special he can be. And by the way, I think I agree with your original point that if I 
look at the projected 14 starting quarterbacks in Atlantic Coast Conference, I, I think really the one that I would possibly, probably, at least to start the year, take over Tyler Van Dyke is Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. I don't think I'm taking anyone else on paper over TBD, not Brennan Armstrong, not Malik Cunningham, not Devin Leary, not even DJ Weungalele for how talented he is, that uh, we're looking at a situation, Brian, where Miami has probably at worst the second best quarterback in the entire conference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a long time since we can say that, right? You know, we've had talented guys, but haven't really put it back to back years. You know, we've we've had some good quarterbacks come in, but we've had we haven't had elite. Let's say that. And I think Tyler Van Dyke has all the traits to become an elite quarterback in college football. So it's very exciting um, you know, as a former Kane to see that um, you just hope that they're able to recruit some more, get some big boys up front to protect them a little bit better and, and get that run game. Because if you can if you can create a run game with Tyler Van Dyke, you know, that play action pass is going to open up. He's going to have more soft coverages and it's just going to be sky's the limit with him. Now, on last Friday's episode, I gave you guys my perspective on who and what has stood out most in spring ball so far. Let's get that perspective of a former player from Brian Monroe when we come back. Man, I do love March Madness as we're about to cross the finish line on that. I love those brackets, but guys, I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money in a bracket challenge. So I am hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contests. Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'em's pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. I'm very into fantasy and sports gambling, so if you can combine those loves, Stat Hero is basically perfect for me, man. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero will give you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on the head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple sleep gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be, guys. I've been using Stat Hero all tournament long, having a great time, and I cannot wait to get after it tonight for Kansas against North Carolina. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use our promo code locked on, all one word, L O C K E D on, for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on, and use promo code locked on for a 100% match. The mobile app is so easy to use, guys. Stathero.com slash locked on, promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Dono, joined by our special guest on this episode of Locked on Canes, former University of Miami football player Brian Monroe. want to thank all of you for making Locked on Canes your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love your perspective as a former player because it's been star-studded, these sidelines. I mean, Miami has some big celebrities coaching various positions now at this point, but uh, we know Miami has one of the star-studded uh, most star-studded alumni groups in the entire country and it seems like everybody including yourself has been out there visiting spring ball so far 
Yeah, a lot of guys been back. You know, Hester's been out there. John Beeson's been out there. Edron James has been out there. You know, Hall of Famers everywhere. Warren Sapp, Jimmy Johnson. We even had Sean McVay come speak to the team. Super Bowling coach. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, when we say, you know, when Miami is doing well or the term back, people, it's, there's a buzz. People want to be around it. You know, whether you hate us or whether you love us, it's, it's something about the you that people are drawn to. And it's exciting to see every guy come back and, you know, catch up with people and just be able to roam the sidelines freely like they've been able to in the past. When I was in school, you look, you know, we, we got to workouts. And before we would even be starting, Coach Sways would be working out with Edwin James, I mean, um, Reggie Wayne and Ed Reed. And you're talking about two of the best players to play at their position at the time in the NFL. And at the time, I didn't know that they didn't need to get up that early and work out. They just did it because they wanted to be the first guys in the building. You know, once I got to the league and all my friends really made it into the NFL, you learn that in the offseason, you can sleep in. You can sleep in whenever you want. So I was like, damn, these dudes really got up at 4 o'clock. But all the guys that I knew that were really great were like that, you know? So it's special to be to get around the young man and have all these Hall of Famers and Pro Bowlers and all Pro guys talk to them and give them words of advice and, you know, and, and push them because just seeing them on the sideline makes those kids go a little bit harder in practice. And, you know, you, you kind of want to almost show off and have that guy speaking like, oh, man, did you see number 15? Who's that? Pull him over. Let me talk to him. You know, so like, yeah, Mike, Michael Irvin talking to receivers, you know, obviously Ed Reed's on staff, but talking to all the young guys, you know, John Beeson coming back, talking to Wesley Besaint, the new linebacker, you know, that's something special that we have in Miami. And I think that's something that is, really good seeing right now and it's just it's just a buzz at practice it's really it's a really different feeling right now you just get out there and it's just different and you knew when coach Cristobal came back one thing that was going to change was that competition level in practice I think I went out for the second day of practice or third day I think I saw about four people throwing up and I got excited <laughs> yes. you know because that's really what you want you you can't go 80 miles an hour in practice and expect to go 110 in the game. It doesn't work like that. You have to train at 110 miles an hour so it translates into the field. So get out in that hot sun, bust your butt every single play for 110 miles an hour, get conditioned so when you get in the game, it's going to be fun. You're going to be smiling. You know, in fourth quarter, you're going to be running it down these guys' throats. So I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from practice was that competition level, but also the coaching, the communication from the coaches was just, you kind of just sit there and said, wow, okay, I like that. You know, that the new defensive back coach, he impressed me. You know, I was, I was there with Beeson and we were sitting there watching a drill and listening to him and how he's teaching it to the young men. And it was just like, okay, we got something. You know, when you look at that staff, you know, you're talking about head coaches with Coach Strong, Coach Steele that's done it for over 30 years. You bring in a Hall of Famer pass rusher and Jason Taylor to teach these guys. And it's just something that, these young men have so much knowledge around them that they have to just soak it up and ask as many questions as they can, because regardless if, you know, you make it to the NFL or not, you have somebody there that's going to show you the way on how to do it right. Whether that's how to do it right on the field, but also how to do it right off the field and just mold you to be great, great in football first, then be a great man and then be successful at anything you do once you leave the University of Miami. So it's really going to be interesting to see that after spring, I expect to see a bunch of names jump in that transfer portal, to be honest. I think some guys, you know, aren't going to be able to take the, the coaching 
and how the way that Cristobal wants to run a team. And then you're going to see Coach Cristobal get in the transfer portal and fill those spaces. But I'm excited. And I think all the guys that I've seen at practice as far as former players are excited to see what they've been seeing on the Green Tree practice field. I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to communication. Some of the things that have stood out to me so far, uh, the way Cristobal is so hands-on with the offensive line, and I know that that, that really uh, pleasantly surprised some of the players in that unit. And, of course, Coach, Coach Mirabal is excellent with that as well. So I think they're going to make that group better. Even players we thought last year weren't good enough, I think they're going to make them at least a little bit better. Uh, I also enjoy watching Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, who's also the receivers coach, running drills. And I see him teaching the young guys and doing it in a very quick and concise fashion, which obviously you're not going to be holding up practice to explain things. So uh, I've been impressed by it. As far as players go, any handful of canes that you can think have really jumped off the page so far for you? Well, obviously, Tyler, you know, is Tyler. He makes all the throws. He he makes it look effortless. So uh, he stood out to me. I did like Ja'Cory Brown. I think he he showed his ability, what we could see in the future. Um, I really like the kid, uh, Parrish, to transfer from Old Miss, number 21. I think he's going to be the starting running back once the season opens up. He can do it all outside, running between the tackles, catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think that's really going to help the running back room in that uh, level of competition, you know, be pushed because, you know, you look at a young man, Thad Franklin, you know, he looks a little bit more jacked. It looks like he lost his baby fat, you know, because we need that big back to be able to get short yardage because we've been terrible on third and one, fourth and run the last like five, six, seven years. Um, so we need a guy like that. He impressed me as well, too, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um George, number 15, can be a very, very special receiver. I mean, he has all the ability to go up and get the ball. He's got speed. He looks smooth in and out of breaks. Um, my wild card that's been a wild card since he stepped foot on campus, and I love the kid, is Brashard Smith, number 12. I think you can use him in so many different ways. You know, obviously, the name that everyone likes to use now is that Debo Samuel role, where you can be lined up in the backfield. You can put, slot him in the inside in the slot. You can put him at the Y. You can put him at the Z. He can do it all, you know, and, I, and I'm eager to see how Coach Gaddis uses him because I was screaming on the pregame show once we lost all the running backs, put him in the backfield, yep. put him in 22 personnel with, you know, Rooster, and you have a mismatch whether he's on a safety or a linebacker. And, then, you know, they did it against VTech, and guess what? He went 70 yards. So, for me, love Brashard Smith. I think he can be special um, in the offense. And, you know, for it, the one – there's two units I want to see take that next step, and that's – the, the big boys up front, because that's how you dominate college football. And until we can dominate up front consistently with depth, we're never going to be in the college football playoffs year in and year out. We're not going to compete in the ACC year in and year out. You have to win a line of scrimmage. You have to recruit those guys. And that's one thing that you feel real comf comf uh, confident in Coach Cristobal is he used to be an O-line. He used to be an O-line coach. You know, and that's one of the things that he has a passion for is those big boys up front. So, you know, he's going to recruit that area. Well, he already has the young man from Maryland, the four star kid trip, I believe is his last name committed. We've have all these four stars and five star offensive linemen taking visits from Georgia and Indianapolis and Texas. And you're starting to see that buzz come around that we're getting those guys to come in to visit. Now, if we can get a couple of those guys to commit, that's when you're going to see that team really take that next step in that run game open up. Well said, as always, Brian Monroe, former University of Miami player, also All Canes radio host. Brian, can't thank you enough for taking the time and for those little extra stories there from Green Tree. We love it. No problem, brother. Anytime, man.
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Guys, I've become a veteran in recent years in the sports betting space, and BetOnline, that is the brand that I trust. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcast reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Guys, I love wagering on sports, and I think what separates BetOnline from the rest of the pack is they're going to give you supplementary information as well. Uh, for as much as you think you're a sharp, you're an expert, we don't know everything. There's a lot of stuff when it comes to analytics, stats, and information. That online is going to help you fill in those blanks. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Many thanks again to Brian Monroe for joining us. We're going to be having a lot of former players on these shows, guys, so make sure you stay tuned for that. On tomorrow's episode, you know, we've talked so much the last couple of shows about all of Miami's strengths heading into the 2022 season. We're going to go over what on paper appear to be the biggest weaknesses. Where does Miami need to make the biggest improvements on the field to be ACC contenders in 2022 and beyond? want to follow up on something that we talked about on Friday's episode. I mentioned, and a lot of people took interest in this, of course, when you're looking at recruiting, Miami now in the top 20 for that, and there's still a lot of work to do, of course. A lot of moving parts, a big Jenga game we have to play before we can fit everybody in. But there's a lot of buzz now for a player we talked about who made an unofficial visit, was on campus in Miami for two days last week, took in Thursday spring practice, five-star player, one of the top recruits in the country for 2023, quarterback, Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California. Now, when I brought him up on last Friday's episode, you know, I mentioned this player seems really interested. And, you know, I know Miami has big aspirations. It was kind of hard for me to wrap my head around the idea with so many big time players already in Miami's quarterback room with Tyler Van Dyke, who we talked about on this episode, Jake Garcia and Ja'Cory Brown kind of coming up through the wings that like, man, are, are we talking about bringing in another big-time quarterback to be a true freshman next year? Like it almost, I, I try not to get my hopes up too much for things, right? If you, if you aim low, it's harder to be disappointed. But I've got to tell you, with folks that I've talked to in the recruiting game over the last few days, and again, there's a long way left on this, and there are going to be other deciding factors here for him, including – name, image, and likeness, possible deals in certain places. Now, Miami has really stepped up in a big way on NIL, but folks are very optimistic about Jaden Rashada potentially choosing and even favoring Miami. Here's what Rashada had to say when he spoke to reporters during his visit. He said, quote, man, I love Miami. To me, Miami is pretty close to Cali if you're talking scenery, places you can live. I really do like Miami and how much they're pushing me. They're interested in me. And that staff was on me at Oregon. So this is a continuation. Mario Cristobal was recruiting this player when he was in Eugene, Oregon. He's continuing that recruitment from Coral Gables, Florida. He said, quote, Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, has been on me like nobody else, as well as Coach Cristobal and Coach Ponce. That's Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach. They've just been showing me crazy love lately. Gabby Arudia from 24-7 Sports tweeted after his visit, I've never seen the Miami staff do anything like 
what they just did when five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada walked into the football building just now following his tour of campus. When the doors closed behind him, you could hear the applause and shouts from those guys. So they are going very, very hard here on Jaden Rashada. Let's take a look at his stats from Pittsburgh High School in Pittsburgh, California for this past season, a junior. 11 games played. Completed 57% of his passes, 2,220 yards, 27 touchdowns to just five interceptions on the year, 25 carries, 193 yards on the ground, one rushing touchdown. So this is a five-star commit, five-star recruit for next year, one of the highly touted players in the entire country. We will see if Miami can land him. So we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Of course, Locked on Canes, guys, we do this every day. I'm so honored and humbled to be a part of the Locked On Network. I've been following this network for a long time, and I'm so glad I get to fill that vacancy and become the everyday Miami Hurricanes athletics host here. So we're going to talk about Miami's potential biggest weaknesses on the field on another episode of Locked On Canes on the Locked On Podcast Network.